0: Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on May 15th, 2022, for the fifth Sunday in the season of Easter, and is based on the second reading for that day, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love... For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. The word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, How is this for a sensationalistic sermon title? Love makes life worth living. You know, to be fair, you could substitute the word love for literally anything else, and it would still be sensationalistic. Gummy bears make life worth living. Pretty dramatic, right? But anytime you boil down the meaning or purpose of life to a single thing, you're going out on a, net, uh, on a ledge. That said, I don't know that too many people would disagree with me when I say that love makes life worth living. I was in Walmart the other day and saw something like seven different love-themed t-shirts for sale. It's not even Valentine's Day. You turn on the radio and 90% of the songs you hear are either about how great love is or about how much it hurts to lose love. Still, it grabs your attention when Paul says things like, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, Paul spent an entire chapter of his letter to the Corinthians writing a love song to love, and honestly, nothing could be more fitting, because it's not an exaggeration to say that love is one of the few essential, defining characteristics of a Christian. Love guides us through life, and love leads us into eternity. As an example, I want you to think about some of the people you've appreciated most in your life, the people who've been the most influential for you. Maybe it's a coach or a teacher. Maybe it was your Nana or your next door neighbor. Chances are that that coach was really good at whatever sport you were playing. But I would bet that it wasn't his skill that made you appreciate him. Chances are that that teacher knew a lot about whatever subject you were studying, but again I bet it wasn't her knowledge that impressed you so much. Chances are that your Nana made the best Christmas Christmas cinnamon rolls ever, but I bet it wasn't her breakfast that made a lasting impact on you. In each of those cases, I would guess that it wasn't their skill, knowledge, or ability that made such an impression. It was how much they cared. It was their love for you that caused them to use their skill, knowledge, or ability for your benefit to spend extra time with you, to listen to you, to be there for you when you need them. It's love that makes those coaches and teachers, nanas and neighbors so special. It's love that makes skill, knowledge, and ability beneficial. It's love that makes a Christian a Christian. Love is one of the few essential defining characteristics of a Christian. And you know, it's amazing how God drives these points home. Just yesterday morning, as our spring cleanup was getting underway, a a man pulled into our driveway asking for money to get to Grand Prairie. Honestly it, it wasn't the best time for me. I was trying to get everybody organized, I had to make a supply run for leaf bags and hardware I hadn't finished writing my sermon yet, or folding and stuffing the bulletins or finalizing the PowerPoint, I had so many other things on my mind. I was tempted to come up with an excuse that would just get him out of our hair, but that wouldn't be very Christian, right? I was tempted just to quick get him gassed up and on his way so that I could get on with my day. But then I thought again about verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. If I give all I possess to the poor, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Being a Christian is about so much more than what we do. It's about why we do it. All the gifts that Paul lists in chapter 13, speaking in tongues, prophesying, wisdom, knowledge, faith, generosity, martyrdom, all of them are objectively amazing blessings from God. If you possessed any of these gifts, you could honestly call yourself God's gift to humanity. But God makes it clear that he's not interested in whether we give that man 50 or $50 at the pump or 100 What he cares about is that we show that man love. This is what love is and and does. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. You've probably heard those verses before, haven't you? Maybe on a wedding day. But even if you have them memorized, I want you to sit with these words for another second or two. I'm going to read this description of love for you again, but this time I'm going to replace the word love for the word I. As I read these words again, I want you to ask yourself, does this describe me? I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I am not proud. I do not dishonor others. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but I rejoice with the truth. I always protect. I always trust. I always hope. I always persevere. Is that you? Even if you nodded along with a few of those phrases, which ones made you stop and think? I'm not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. Is that true? Is that you? Or does the slightest little thing set you off? Do you hold on to the slights others have done to you? I always trust. I always hope. Do you? Is that you? Are you always optimistic? Do you always put the best construction on everything and take everyone's words and actions in the kindest possible way? Or do you assume the worst and let your imagination run wild with what you think other people meant by what they did or didn't do, by what they said or didn't say? That's a hard list to live up to. I sometimes even wonder whether we should read it on wedding days or if we're just setting young couples up for failure and disappointment. But then I remember the words Jesus spoke in our gospel today. A new command I give you, he said, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. God wants us to love each other, that's clear, but he didn't just tell us. He showed us. I'm going to read verses 4 through 7 again, but this time I want to substitute the word love with a different word. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects. Jesus always trusts. Jesus always hopes. Jesus always perseveres. Where we have failed, Jesus prevailed. He was able to demonstrate the purest, and most perfect love, a permanent, unconditional love for sinners like you. He's patient with you. Even when you are unkind, envious, boastful, or proud, even though it cost him a great deal to show his love for you, he was willing to put your needs above his needs. He was willing to give everything up for you because he does not allow anger to dictate his actions, and he keeps no record of your wrongs. He's serious about your sin. He does not delight in evil, but in love he protects you even from your sinful self. He sacrificed himself on a cross as the payment for your sin so that you could live in his love forever. That's why love makes life worth living. It's it's not just that otherwise we'd be surrounded by selfish grumpy know-it-alls. It's It's that without Jesus' love, there'd be no life. And yet because of his love, not only are we free to try our best every day to live up to his love, but we also have eternity to look forward to, where we will live in that love forever. That's what Paul means when he says, love never fails. And that love is greater than even than faith and hope. Faith and hope are two other essential defining characteristics of Christians. But there will come a time when faith will be realized. We, we won't have to trust that God will fulfill his promises when we get to heaven. We will be experiencing the fulfillment of them. We won't need to look ahead with hope to the glories that God is preparing for us. We'll be enjoying them in heaven. But even when we get to heaven, love will still make life worth living. Even in the perfect paradise of heaven, we will still feel God's love for us every day. Even in an eternal existence without sin or suffering, we will still find ways to show love to our Savior and to our neighbor forever. There is a permanence about love that gives extra meaning to all the practice. That God gives us to put that love into action today. That's why I thought it was so ironic and so fitting that Ermin showed up at church yesterday. I don't know that I'll ever see him again, and I'm sure I could have showed him more love, but as I filled up his gas tank and bought him some breakfast, I was thankful for the memory of 1 Corinthians 13 and for the opportunity to try my hand at the kind of love that Jesus showed me. With Jesus in mind, Paul's words to the Corinthians don't come down hard like a hammer. They lift up in a courage. They equip us to show Christ-like love to others. Love makes life worth living. Our love for others, but a whole lot more God's love for us in Jesus. May we know his love for us and show it to the people around us. Amen. And may he who began a good work in you carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.